This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the tackle thing I think is really interesting. I just wanted to pin this down real quick is, you know, obviously Skaronsky I think is is one of the most technically proficient offensive linemen I've ever seen, but probably in my opinion, projects to guard. And that's my opinion. I, I know some people like him as tackle. Uh, Paris Johnson, a little raw, but I think it's kind of the most stereotypical guy. I think he's gone by 16. And then Roger Jones feels like really high upside, um, but athletically, but also very technically raw. Yeah. Like that, those guys have their warts. It's interesting to me because I feel like the more consistent kind of pro prospects are that second tier of tackle. That kind of like, who we got there, like Daryl Wright, um, <clears throat> Dewan Jones, the kid from Syracuse, like that group. Do you think that group gets bumped in the first round, basically, or do you think there's possibility they pick at 48? I, I think I think Wright's gone by 48. I think Dewan Jones has gone by 48. Yeah. I think Bergeron could be there on the board, um, but I think those guys are gone. I think Anton Harrison, the Oklahoma tackle, has gone by 48 too. So that's why it's like – that's why I was saying – probably going to want to pick those guys early because then yeah. it's like Jalen Duncan. Are you going to pick him at 48? Who's doesn't feel right. Right. Does not. It's, it's like he he's multiple years away from starting the NFL, in my opinion. So that's kind of the worry is that what I just said about those guys who are like really not, you know, ideal prospects with Jones is just like a ridiculous specimen, but like has to be in a certain role because he's just so slow footed at that size. Yeah. You're just not going to be able to recover too many blocks. Bergeron and Wright, have their warts as well where it's like they're not great prospects but the tackle need that is throughout the nfl like washington's not alone in this right is so prevalent and people know that the good tackles go highly more often than not that they're just going to get pushed up board so that's the worry uh that i would say for commanders fans if you're waiting to draft it like like what you did when you drafted sam Cosby. right absolutely and then so i guess then that means do you go if you need offensive line help the next 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 logical step would be center or guard and this is pretty Pretty good group with that. Is there anybody there you like at 48? At 48, I, I really like in terms of guards in this class who might be on the board there. Steve Avila from yeah. TCU. Right. Very well built guard. I, I mean, at the senior bowl, you were there. That guy's yeah. head filled his helmet. Uh, he had one of the biggest <laughs> faces I've ever seen. And that's like what you want from a guard, where it's just yeah, like, you, want a big old guard. you couldn't you just be want a giant face. Wait. Yeah, well, it's like when you're that, like, just built like that. Just a big guy. He, just, he was never going to be 250. You know, he was always going to be 330. And those are the guys that just move you at the NFL level. So, big fan of Steve Avila. I think Osiris Torrance won't be on the board there. The Florida guard, who's probably the top guard on a lot of boards. But then the center class I really like. There's Wisconsin center Joe Tipman, 
There's the Minnesota. I really center, like him, by the way. He's awesome. John Michael Schmitz. Yeah. And then there's the Ohio State center, Luke Whipler, who I all have right in that range to where I don't think 48 is too rich for any of those guys. Mm. I really like this center class that kind of like second tier in that second, third round. Uh, I would expect all those guys to come off the board. Gotta love a Big Ten center. Just you, said, you mean, go like Wisconsin, you know. Sure. I'm yeah. just like, well, good, done. I don't know anything about the kid. If you played at Wisconsin on, on the O line, done. And they're all like big, like they're uh, uh, Schmitz Whipler aside, but the, yeah, Whipler aside, they're all big guys, you know, which kids. is a little unusual for the position. And then, like you mentioned, Smith at the Senior Bowl was an absolute maniac, you know. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like picking centers that high. Usually just kind of as a rule of thumb, I'd prefer it in like the third round. I feel like the value is mm-hmm. better. But there are some really darn good football players. What about Cody Mock? I know they um, he had an out. Like, you know, there were some coaches I talked to that really loved that he was like, I'll play guard, I'll play center, I'll play tackle in the game. You know, they love that mm-hmm. kind of just love ball mentality. I think he's gone by 48. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think he very well could be. But he's one of those guys where you're, you're redshirt. You know, he belongs mm. in that category of guys where it's just like you're going to switch him from tackle to guard or center, which is already, you know, a transition that not everyone makes smoothly. Uh, yeah. And then you're going to ask him to jump up from the FCS to the NFL. Like, right. right. And, and not say like he's never going to do it. Like, he's the guy has some special athletic tools. Like, he moves, you know, former tight end looks like a tight end. Like, that guy can fly. But I just think you're a little, you're just banking on a, some development there, which, you know, that's a lot of offensive linemen, but. Uh, if you're expecting him to start right out the gate, it could be ugly. So, Logan, let me ask you this, and then kind of we can flip the question open amongst the three of us. Like, Biennemi comes in as the OC. How does what they have at O-line stack up now that they're going to be running some slightly different stuff? And obviously, we don't know what they're going to do at O-line coach right. as of this taping yet either. We don't know if Matsko is going to stay around. We don't know if Randy Jordan's going to stay around as a running backs coach. So, we don't like in part, we don't know exactly what this run scheme is going to look like, what exactly they're going to be looking for in pass protection. But based off what you've seen with the enemy, like how does how does what they have stack up and how does this class stack up for, for by the way, an offensive coordinator who was a part of selecting a very good offensive line group in Kansas city. Well, I think that's a, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I insist. I guess, okay. guess first. I'm going there. Mike, um, start talking. I will say one of the things that jumps out of the tape when you watch Kansas city this last year, and it may have just been the tackles they had, but they were very good at giving their tackles help. They, they do not let their tackles get on islands one-on-one very often. So, so if you have guys in Cosme, Leno, that, you know, you feel comfortable enough with, but I don't, I, I don't think an upgrade there is going to give you massive payoff. You know, like I think like that, they, they do a good enough job of giving that time, but, but then that puts more stress on the interior. The chiefs obviously are one of the best interiors in the NFL. Uh, but like, that's probably the position where if I'm looking guards, where I'm really at my head at looking at just this commander's offensive line, and what they do um, or in where the talent is. I think guards the one where it's like, that could be an issue next year. Yeah, I agree. I think like when you look at Kansas city, one of the things, especially like with Mahomes there, and obviously the offense will look different. It'll be more run first, which tends to insulate guys a little bit more right from a pass protection standpoint. If you're looking at areas where offensive linemen struggle, we mentioned Dewan Jones, like if, if they're, if you're in a run first scheme, like that's fine. Like let him yeah. just put his paws on people and, and move planets. Right. Cause that's what he does. Right. So, you can get away with stuff. And I do think they're going to be more run first, but I will say like in terms of drop back passing game, their offensive line is very, very good. I know Orlando Brown gets a lot of heat, but he is, he wins pass protection reps. Mm -hmm. He doesn't lose pass protection reps. And so you look at Creed Humphrey, excellent. 
You look at Smith from Tennessee, like dude's a baller at guard, one of the most physical guards in the NFL. Like they need to upgrade that group pretty emphatically. And I think whatever they do, they need to add two, probably two bodies at that group, you know? So whether that's free agency, which again, the tackle free agent group is not great right now. You know, like I think Caleb McGarry resigns to Atlanta, which would be an interesting fit here, but again, not a great pass protector. So do you bump Cosme into guard, draft a tackle? Do you uh, leave Cosme a tackle? So I think that to me is, again, like we've talked about this at nauseum on this podcast, finding a center, finding a guard are going to be super critical. Finding a tackle, bumping Cosme into guard, whatever that situation is, because so much of what they do and so much of their offensive success outside of Patrick Mahomes is with the pockets they're able to provide them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's by happenstance that two of the best offensive lines in football were in the Super Bowl last year, right? And so I think that that is something that absolutely needs to get addressed. And we just talked about how the draft might not fall for Washington because I think those first three guys are going to be gone by 16. And then if those next three guys are gone by 48, like you're kind of left holding the bag a little bit. And that's how the draft goes sometimes. So again, it'll be really interesting to see how they address those that specific need in terms of cultivating a productive offense. Because I don't think they need skill guys. I don't think they need tight ends. I think they need a. We can talk about running backs with Mike because he's got a good uh, beat on that very deep running back class. But I think that's got to be the the thing, you know. Okay, that's yeah. that makes sense to me. I mean, it just <laughs> to me, the thing that's like so I don't know frustrating, but like. Okay, what the the frustration doesn't really matter. It's just those of us on the outside wanting answers. Is like, can you figure out what the hell you're gonna do with Cosme? Can you make a decision on yeah. him? And by the way, I will say the frustration that matters is Sam Cosme's frustration because he seemed right. pretty ticked off by the end of last year that he didn't have a set position that he was bouncing in and out. And there's there's one thing to have position flex and seeing it as a positive. It's also another thing to be like that dude's our starting right tackle uh, and he's really good at it and we would like him to be our starting right tackle or our starting right guard. And at this point, they kind of need to pick one with him. Like you know, like position flex is good to have in your backups, but. You want your starters to be your starters. And the idea that they're position flexing one of their starters, who was a second round pick three years into this, is uh is not great. It's not a good use of personnel. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that I, I would project them taking looking at tackle more acutely than guard is because I think they want him to play guard. I think that's kind of where they see his future. So obviously that leaves a hole at right tackle. You need to find a right tackle. Like we just mentioned probably six or seven guys that are gonna be good pros at that spot. But are they going to be there when you pick? And um, so I think in a perfect world, you, you move them to guard. But again, like Mike alluded to, like there's some deep guard depth in this class. So you might need to make another switch here for him, which isn't ideal for Sam. Let's wrap up like another five, six minutes here. Uh, tight end class. I'd be remiss if we did not talk about this a little bit because then, you know, it's, it's one. It's apparently one of the deepest tight end classes we've seen in like a decade. Uh, and two, like, come on, Logan Paulson's one of the co-hosts of the podcast. Of course, yeah, we're talk tight we ends. Um, Logan, I know you're super high on what they have in house here, yeah. but you know, is there someone that stands out where you go, Hey, if that guy's on the board in one of these first, you know, I, I would say first three rounds, but like, obviously you're not really looking at one to 16, um, that that'd be worth it because the upside is there. Well, I think, I think the other reason I kind of just say like, if you were tri- triaging needs and talking with people and again, like, I want to get Mike's, Mike's thought on this, like. They have kind of said publicly, offensive line, corner, edge rusher, and running back. And it's, uh, one of those positions is, is clearly absent, right? The tight end position is clearly absent. I think, you know, one of the things I heard um, Jeremiah Brown, or, uh, Brown talk about, is that his name? That's not his name. Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Dan- Daniel Jeremiah. There we go. I'm thinking about, anyway, whatever I'm thinking about, is, um, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is that like, you know, 
tight end is a traits driven position. And so right now you have three dudes with tremendous traits. You got Amani Rogers, who's like a four, five, six, and six, seven type guy who could play receiver. You got Cole Turner, who again catches the ball better than I've seen a lot of tight ends catch in the last five or six years. And you've got Curtis Hodgins, who again is a converted wide receiver, former basketball player type body type. So if you're looking for traits, like the guys they have in house have tremendous traits. So I would say that you just want to kind of lean towards some of these other positions, edge rusher, which I want to get Mike's take on, and then running back, which is very deep, and you can get a good player there. So why would I waste resources, especially high in the draft, on a position that I, f- I feel like the staff feels very confident in when there's other positions they f- they they have said outwardly they need to address? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, first off, I had to look up what triage meant. Uh, first time <laughs> I heard that one. Great, great word. Going to be using that one myself now. Yeah, um, excellent, excellent. Too, but like you said, they've already kind of done what you should do at tight end, which is take flyers on day three on athletic dudes, hoping that they turn into something. Like that's yeah. those are that it's a position that you look at the track record of first rounders and every single damn near every single one wants that pick back. It just is not a position you really want to be drafting too highly. There's so few difference makers in the league. So few offenses feature at that. I, I don't think you want any of your first three picks in this draft to be a tight end fourth round, fifth round. Sure. Whatever. It's that deep that maybe they get pushed down. There's someone good still on the board, but kind of like when George Kittle fell the fifth, that was a really deep tight end class. That's kind of how it happens. Um, but not before that. And is there anybody in that fourth and fifth round range that you say they've got traits that we like or has high upside or whatever? Uh, I think Will Mallory from Miami is interesting because he at least has speed, at least has like the movement skills of what a wide receiver. Um, right. But he's very much, I mean, he's, he's damn near carbon copy Cole Turner last year, right? Like they're, right. they're skinny dudes. They're not blockers. They are receivers first. Um, him, Josh Wild, the uh, Cincinnati tight end. I think I put in that range. But I I think all like the rest of the guys who are kind of in that mold of either like Sam Laporta from Iowa, Luke Musgrave from Morgan, like they're going to draft a lot higher. A lot of these tight ends are still going to go in the first three rounds, probably like eight or nine. Luke Musgrave just sounds like a tight end. That's a great tight end name. There's some great tight end names. Dalton Kincaid sounds like a tight end. Yeah, that's a good one. Tight ends. Tucker Craft, it's a tight end. All right, for, for Edge, for Washington, um, they've obviously got the high-end guys. They've got Young. They've got Sweat, assuming that those two you know don't get traded this offseason. They've got contract situations they got to figure out in the long term. But they also have good depth of like just solid football players. James Williams is really good. Uh, Casey Tuhill is really good. Don't have a ton of pass rush juice. So for Washington, is there a later round pass rush juice type of guy that you like in this Probably class? with some inside-outside ability. Just inside outside ability. I like kind of like deep down the board. You're thinking like fourth, fifth. Yeah. Yeah. In that mold, I really like Viliama Fahoka. San Jose Dude, State. He is a baller. I you love that. Hell guy. Yeah. I love that. Anyone guy. who's flipped on his tape is like, whoa, um, that I talked to. <laughs> They're like, he's strong as an ox. Now, I don't think he's going to test 
exceptionally, and I think yeah. he might have like short great arm knock for him his down. Eyes. Let Washington take him. No, got a weird build for sure, but his tape's awesome at San Jose State. He knows how to basically defeat blocks and yeah. and inside outside versatility. I think he's going to come in like 260, 265. I think he has that and showed it on tape. So that's the one guy I'd highlight is like. He's, hey, they, they need to they need to replace F.A. Obata is basically yeah. the guy in their rotation that they need. And if they could upgrade and get a little more juice for a third down pass rusher type, like yeah. that would be that'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy because like you th- I'm really glad you brought that name up because I I really liked his tape. But the guys that you like that the fans are like, oh, well, what about Will McDonald the fourth or what about the kid from Northwestern? It's like those kids are like that guy's probably gone in like maybe the first round. You know what I'm saying? They're they're yeah. gone. They're They're out of there. So you don't want to be race, wasting draft capital on that. But, yeah, like just to address texts and Twitters and all that kind of stuff. So, All right, Logan, any oh, other position you wanted to look back, at? Running back is because, yes. again, this is one of the deepest running back classes of all time. They are looking for a um, like a kind of a pass, you know, third down pass catching type guy. I know there's some really high end speed guys here. Is there anybody that you feel like fits that role here in Washington? I think one of the better pass catchers in this class is Eric Gray from Oklahoma. I wouldn't mm. put him as like a high-end speed guy. Um, he's not a high-end athlete by any means, but he's just like a reliable third-down type of mm. running back. And that you'll probably get fourth, fifth. If you're looking for more of that speed element, um, Tajay Spears from Tulane is probably that guy in this class. <laughs> or one of those guys in this class. He's, he's going to be a freak. Now, the thing is, like, where does he end up going? Maybe he gets pushed up higher after the combine, but – the 200 pounders are just, there's not a track record of those guys coming in and being like every down backs. And so I think a lot of times, you know, outside of maybe like James Cook last year, you don't see guys getting drafted that highly in that mold of like 200 and under unless they run 4-2 something. So uh, he's a guy I really like, but there's just so many names in, in this yeah. class, whether it's, you know, I'm just looking through the list right now. Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina is in that mold of just like, he can scoot and can catch the ball. Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State is an awesome pass catcher, but he's 5'6". Um, so there, there's a ton of names. I mean, it's basically throw a dart at a dartboard, and you'll probably hit one in the fourth round. That's kind of what I was going to say. It's like because then there's like the kid from Michigan, too, who's a little undersized, good run on the football. Uh, the kid from A&M who's like the track star, right? He'll probably yeah. go higher because he's, he's going to awesome. run fast. He'll go high, yeah. But what about the kid? Uh, Syracuse, there's another guy who got a little bit wheel. You know I'm what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, he's – He's, he's not he much was of a Syracuse's catcher, entire office it's the last couple of years. Yeah. I know as an alumnus who didn't get to watch a lot of offense. <laughs> he, he's not much of a pass catcher. I, I wouldn't put uh, – okay. let's see. I, I think Take Bigsby is an interesting name. Now, obviously, I, I don't know where he's going to come off the board, but Auburn, I think he's a really good pass mm-hmm. catcher out of the backfield that may just get lost in the shuffle of so many guys in this class that not everyone's going to want to willing to take a first or second round pick on guys who maybe a decade ago would have been in that conversation. So they're going to get pushed down boards, and that just means guys are going to fall to where it makes sense for the commanders to pick one. All right, so last question I'll ask you, Mike. If you mm-hmm. are Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera and you're sitting in the draft room on draft night at 16, who's the guy you want on the board? Like reasonably, obviously, you want Bryce Young to fall, but that's uh-huh. not going to happen. So like within reason, who's the, the number one guy as we sit here on February 27th before we all go to Indy that you want on the board? I want Peter Skaronsky on the board uh, the Northwestern tackle slash guard. I think you're just chalking up an easy win. You're getting a good offensive lineman. Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Whatever. You just got a good offensive lineman and for a team that needs shit, good offensive lineman. So I think that's the yeah. 
All right. No, I think that's right on. And the problem is he's not going to be there probably because everyone else yeah, well, thinks that. that wasn't the may, I guess he might. I guess he might be. I guess he might. Be. There's a world. There's a world. Yeah. With the quarterbacks going, if you see four quarterbacks go ahead, I guess it's a good like point. Position players like it could help. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys are going to have a ton of stuff from Indy on Pro Football Focus. Uh, anything in particular that people should be on the lookout for? Um, just a new draft guide update the week after the combine. Make sure to check that out. And I'm just going to be. Tweeting dumb stuff the whole week. We'll see. <laughs> so follow him for dumb stuff at PFF underscore Mike. Uh, Mike, this was great. We'll see you in Indy. Uh, say what's up, and then uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the pod at some point a little closer to the draft. Good stuff, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks fellas. Excited, uh, excited to see you in Indy.